This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. <clears throat> okay, good to meet everyone. Thank you so much for joining. Um, with your permission, I'd like to dedicate tonight's learning, Lili Nishmas, uh, my grandfather who passed away on the first day of Pesach on Tesvav Nisan. Um, my grandfather was one of the, really the Ziknei Rabbanim in America. He was uh, a over 105 years old. And he was uh, operating on all cylinders until the very end. He was mitzapeh for the geula until the very end. He's a man who was in the darkest of places. He was in the death camps. He was in Auschwitz. He was in the crematoria. And he was pulled out in the last moment. He was on selection lines. He faced Mengele. And uh, one point I'm going to mention, he was in Auschwitz. And he really saw an amazing sight in Auschwitz, a historic spectacle, where he saw Eichmann. And uh, the way they used to beat Jews in Auschwitz is that they would march in front of Eichmann and they would hit the Yid in a way that they would never be able to have children again. That's part of the torture. And the Eichmann invited a special guest to join him and enjoy the, the simcha that he was having in Auschwitz. And that is he invited the Mufti from Jerusalem. And you had Eichmann and the Mufti sitting hand in hand. And as Yidin were marched in front of them, beat. And my grandfather said that when he saw Eichmann and the Mufti together, that was a fulfillment of that which the Apostle says. Esav came and he was Meshadich with Yishmael. But later I discovered that the Gra writes in his commentary to the Safra de Tzinyusa, that if Esav and Yishmael would ever get together, they would destroy the whole world. So if you want to know what is represented by the union of Esav and Yishmael, that's Auschwitz. Auschwitz is Eichmann and the Mufti. The union of Esav and Yishmael. If Esav, if the East and the West ever came together, they would destroy the world. That's Auschwitz. And what we're going to discuss this evening is, we know in the end of days there seems to be a, a world struggle between the powers of the West, the Western world, and the Arab world. Uh, certainly there are other players uh, in uh, the world history, or uh, the world arena. You have Russia, you have Iran, you have North Korea. But for the most part, we have the United States of America, and we have the Arab world. And the question is, first of all, let us try to identify which Gullus are we in. And furthermore, which Gullus are we supposed to be in? And... I would like to offer perhaps a novel perspective of uh, the destiny and the future of Klal Yisrael. And I haven't seen this anywhere specifically, and maybe for good reason, but nevertheless it will be food for thought. Let's establish the following principle, and that is, we have a Mesoira, and this is mentioned in the Medrash Rabbah in numerous places, that there are four exiles, four Golosim in the history of the Jewish people. Any time in Chumash you encounter the number four, the Medrash will immediately jump on it and say, this represents the four Golosim. From the beginning of Bereshis, to the four rivers in Gan Eden, to the four Malachim, you could, you could bet your bottom dollar. Every single time in Chumash you see the number four, the Medrash will comment, this represents the four Golosim. Case in point is the first time we encounter the number four, in Bereshis Rabbah, Parsha Beis, Ois Dalid, 
On the Pasuk, the Medrash says, Soyhu is Babylon. Boyhu is Madai. Like the Pasuk says, Choyshech is Greece. Like we're uh, familiar in the times of Hanukkah. And finally, the Tohoim, which is the abyss, which is the endless, bottomless Golos. What does that represent? Says the Medrash, Tohoim represents Malchus Harasha'a, the evil empire. Interestingly, the first time the fourth Golos, the fourth Golos is alluded to, it is unidentified. It's just called the evil empire. So a Met fan will say that refers to the New York Yankees. But it doesn't say, who is the evil empire? But every other time, the four Golosim are uh, alluded to. You could uh, look in Breshis Rabbah, Mem Beis Beis, Mem Dalet Tesvav, Samachayir Beis, Tzadi Tes Beis. The Medrash always identifies the fourth and final Golos as Golos Edoin. And there's a very important and basic question. And this is the question of many Rishonim. And we're going to start with the Ibn Ezra. A lot of people, they like to quote the Ibn Ezra, who was such an important commentary that it never existed. There's no commentary on Chumash Ibn Ezra. It's a chilek in Shulchan Aruch. It's the Ibn Ezra. Okay. Says Ibn Ezra, I don't understand. We have Rabbi Gessner. Wow, what a cover. You made it. So, so um, the Ibn Ezra has the following question. If you're, if you're counting uh, world empires and superpowers, it seems like Chazal have, for whatever reason, omitted a very powerful and prominent power and empire and Golos, namely Golos Yishmael. They seemingly should meet the bill. They've conquered large portions of the world. They're quite eminent. They're quite powerful. Why do Chazal never refer to Golos Yishmael? That is the question of the Ibn Ezra. He asks this in a few places in Sefer Daniel. He asks this in Sefer Bereshis. This is the question of the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra offers the following approach. Says the Ibn Ezra, in fact, Yishmael is the fourth and final Golos. Now, you have to understand, the Ibn Ezra lived in an Arab world, and he considered the Golos that he lived in Golos Yishmael, and he considers the fourth and final Golos, Golos Yishmael. What about Golos Edoim? Says the Ibn Ezra, very simple. The first Golos is Bavel, Babylon. The second Golos is Paras Madai, Persia. The third is Yavan, Greece. Now Greece branched off into a nation called Kitim. Look in the Targum, the Targum translates Kitim as Roimai. So Rome is an offshoot of Greece. So Greece and Rome are Golos number three, and the fourth and final empire is Golos Yishmael. That is the opinion of the Ibn Ezra. So if anybody wants to know, you know, why don't Chazal enumerate Golos Yishmael? The answer is they do according to the Ibn Ezra. It's the fourth Golos. The Ramban in Sefer Daniel dismisses Ibn Ezra. He says it's against Chazal. Wherever Chazal enumerate the four Golosim, they always say, Bavel, Paras, Yavan, Edom, and they don't count Yishmael. So even though logically, intuitively, you look around and you see the Yishmaelim gaining power, I believe statistics have it that in 50 years, the continent of Europe will be dominated by the Arabs, if it isn't already. Nevertheless, Ramban says, that's not what Chazal say. Chazal say the fourth and final Golos is Golos Edom. 
So, as it is known, the approach of the Ibn Ezra in his commentary to Tanakh is not necessarily to be bound by Chazal, not that he's arguing on Chazal, but the Ibn Ezra held that there is a dimension of learning called Pshat. And Pshat can be interpreted without the, the teachings of Chazal. In other words, certainly what Chazal teaches us is correct, but one is a, a, a given license to understand the Chumash in a way. Um, aside from the teaching of Chazal, that was the approach of the Ibn Ezra, the Ramban Keseder always challenges the Ibn Ezra whenever his teachings are against Chazal, but that is how the Ibn Ezra interpreted Tanakh. But the Ramban rejects the Ibn Ezra, and certainly according to Chazal, we're entitled to ask, why is Yishmael not enumerated as one of the four Golasim? Okay, that's what we're holding. So this question is asked um, in a few Mekayimais by none other than the Maral. The Maral is found in the Ner Mitzvah on Hanukkah. So it's also in his parish on the Agarat of Shas. And the Maral asks, number five, Adam Many people ask, Heichan Ramaz Malchus Yishmael Shehi Malchus Rabos Where is there an illusion? Where is there any basis for the powerful, eminent Malchus called Malchus Yishmael? Says Maral, answer number one. I would have thought this would be the main answer. This is not the answer of choice of the Maral. But the Maral says an amazing approach. He says, what is a Malchus? Is every power a Malchus? Is every um, Golos considered a Malchus? Says Maral, the definition of a Malchus is, we also have Malchus, the Jewish people have Malchus. We have Malchus based of it. What's the concept of Malchus based David? The Gemara Sanhedrin says, Kal David, In fact, the Shlah HaKadosh understands that the reason why the brothers sold Yosef is because they thought that if Yosef has dreams of grandeur and Malchus, then he's usurping the Malchus of David and Yehuda. And Kal HaChoyleik HaMalchus David, And therefore they put Yosef in Cherem and they... The Shekhinah was added to the Cherem. You ever wonder, Rashi says, the Shekhinah also put Yosef in Cherem. How do we understand that? The Rabbani Shalom put Yosef in Cherem? Because the Bezdin of the Shvat in Paskin, he's being Choyleik Amachas based David. And the Gemara says, Choyleik Amachas based David, Choyleik Amachas Shekhinah. So they were able to schlep the Shekhinah into it. What's the concept of Malchus based David? There is something called Malchus Shamayim. The Rebbeinu has a Malchus. But his Malchus is only recognized and only reflected and only manifest in the world through the agent of Malchus based David. That's why there's an idea. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kisei has four Raglayim, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But David is the fourth Regal that holds up and reflects the grandeur of Malchus Shamayim through the Beis Hamikdash, through Yushalayim, through Malchus based David. You can't even have Yerushalayim without Malchus based David. Briskorov points out, you know, we have two brachas in Shmanes, we have Yerushalayim, we have a Semach David. So a Semach David is we're davening for the restoration of Malchus based David, fine. But why in Yerushalayim, wrong bracha, Bechisei David, should be in a Semach David. The answer is you don't even have Yerushalayim without the Kisei David. The Kisei of David reflects the Malchus of Shemaim through the capital, the Ir Hashem Yerushalayim in the Mikdash. 
come the Babylonians and they destroy the Beis HaMikdash. They then, says Maral, usurped the majesty and grandeur of Malchus Beis David and they took it to themselves. If you look in the Pesukim and Sefer Daniel, we find that the Tekifus and the Tiferes of Malchus Shamayim was usurped and co-opted by the Babylonians. So they took our Malchus, they took our sovereignty. And then it was usurped by the Persians, and it was usurped by the Greeks, and then it was usurped by the Romans and the United States of America, let's say. But Yishmael says Maral. Yishmael's not a Malchus. Because they never took our majesty, they never took our grandeur. They have their own independent source of majesty. And what is that? The fact that they're the, the, that they're the son of Avraham Avinu. And Avraham Avinu was Mespale, Elu Yichia, Yishmael, Lefanecha. And Hashem said, Elu Yishmael, Shematicha. So Yishmael did not take Malchus Yisrael. Yishmael has their own independent source of greatness. Rav Hudner points out, that's why you have this relationship between Rome and Yaakov, that if somebody says Yishalayim is built and Caesarea is built, don't believe them. If somebody says they're both built, uh, they're both destroyed, don't believe them. If somebody says Yishalayim is built and Caesarea is destroyed, believe them, because it's one entity, one source of greatness. Either we have it, or they have it. But says Rav Hudner, you don't find that uh, Klal Yisrael and Yishmael can both be great, or they can't both be floundering? Our greatness is not in any way dependent or linked to the status of Yishmael. But it is linked to the status of the Malchus, the prevalent, prevailing Malchus. That is the first answer of the Maral. Yishmael is not a Malchus because it doesn't meet the bill, it doesn't meet the criteria of the definition of a Malchus. However, the Maral says, what is more correct in my eyes is the following approach. Says the Maral, the definition of a Malchus is not a nation, it's not an ethnicity, it's not a location, it's a personality characteristic. And therefore, since Persia, Paras is the second Malchus, and the Gemara in the beginning of Avadizar says the hallmark characteristics of the Persians is they're antagonistic, and they're hostile, and they fight a lot of wars, and that's an apt description of Yishmael. So Yishmael is part of Persia. So you want to know, why isn't Yishmael one of the Dal? Malchus Maral says it is. It's Malchus number two, it's Persia. And this, surprisingly, is the Maral's answer of choice of why Yishmael is not one of the four Malchus. Accepting this approach of the Maral, there's a Gemara in Yuma that comes out, which is really Ayam Benayar. The Gemara in Yuma and Afyod records a Machloikis between Rav, Rav Yochanan, and Rabbi. Who will be the final two superpowers in the end of days? So the Gemara brings the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. The Persians will defeat the Romans. I don't think I put it on the sheet. It's Gemara and Yuma Dafyar. The Persians will defeat the Romans. Asida Paras, Asida Roimi Lipo Biad Paras. That's the Gemara. The Persians will defeat the Romans. And the Gemara says, Rebbe and Rav say, no, the Romans will defeat the Persians. So the Gemara says very clearly, at the end of days, forget North Korea, forget Iran, forget uh, Syria, forget Russia. It's Rome against Persia. Now Rome I get. 
Most historians say that the uh, United States of America, the Western values are rooted in uh, Rome, the Roman judicial system. That's Eingenommen. That's pretty much accepted that the United States of America is the spiritual heir of the values of uh, the Roman judicial system. I don't think it's referring to Italy. Italy has not been a world superpower for 2,000 years. They're irrelevant. Fine. So you want to make the United States Rome? Fine. What in the world does the Gemara mean that at the end of days, the other world superpower is Persia? Persia? The Persian Empire? The Gemara says they were destroyed by the Greeks. I mean, right after the miracle, uh, in the times of the miracle of Hanukkah, the Greeks wrestled Jerusalem free from the Persians, and you don't hear about the Persians for 2,000 years. The Iran today are not related. They're not descendants of the original Persians. So what does the Gemara mean that Paras will be the other world superpower in the end of days? According to the Maral, it's Oyem Venoira. Paras is not a nation. Paras is a characteristic, which the Maral identifies as Yishmael. So according to the Maral, the Gemara and Yuma saying, in the end of days, there'll be two powers, superpowers in the world. Rome and Yishmael. USA versus... Uh, the Arab world. And that's what we see today. And that's what we've been seeing for the last 50 years. And who's going to win? It's Machloikis. You know, you could put your bets now, but it's Machloikis, Rabbi Yochanan, against Rav. Rabbi Yochanan says that Asidi, uh, Persia is going to win. The Arabs are going to win. By the way, most, most Mepharshim who codify the Gemara, Paskin like Rabbi Yochanan, that Persia beats Rome. Not a very comforting thought. There are opinions that Rav and Rebbe are the final pshat, that um, Rome, USA, USA, USA. That's the... By the way, just as a side note, Reb Chaim Knievsky in his parish on the Haggadah, on Chad Gadya, Oyem Benoirach, Reb Chaim says, you know, there are eight characters, eight players in Chad Gadya. Based on the Yalkut Shemoni and Rashi and Zechariah, Chaim Knevsky says each one of the Dalit Malchios is uh, twofold. So Bavel is Bavel Kazdoi, and Par Emodai is uh, Paras Emodai, and Yavon is Yavon and uh, Moikdon, and the final Gauls is Edoim and Yishmael. So the question is who's the Shoichet and who's the Malachamavas? Because Reb Chaim says the eight Golosim are the eight players in Chagadia. Says Reb Chaim, who's the Shoichet? Who's the Malacham I assume when those two positions become available, Edoim and Yishmael are both highly qualified for both of those notable positions of Shoichet and Malacham Says Reb Chaim, we paskin like Rabbi Yochanan, that the last nation standing will not be Rome, it will be Yishmael. And therefore the Shoichet is Edoim. And the Malach HaMavas is Yishmael. Says Reb Chaim, we follow the Balaturim in the beginning of Parshas, the, the end of Chayesara going into Todos, Al Pnei Kolech of Nafal, Ve'ele Todos Yitzchak, the Balaturim says, when Yishmael falls in the end of days, then Ben David Yitzmach. But according to the Maral, it comes out quite interesting that this Gemara and Yuma, which otherwise is somewhat inexplicable, that at the end of days there's going to be Paras and Roimi, 
According to Maral, it's the Western world against Yishmael. Fine. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'd like to offer a new approach to answer this question of Maral. Why is Yishmael not counted among the Dalad Malchios in any of the Divrei Chazal? So the Benazir says it is, and the Maral gives various reasons. Let's try to offer um, perhaps a new approach. I have another question for you. I believe there's another Malchus that's not been uh, counted over here. There's a fifth Malchus. I mean, the, this whole Yamtif is Zecher Litzias Mitzrayim. Why is Mitzrayim not one of the Dalar Malchus? Why is that not one of the exiles? I mean, it's the, the first exile. It was a very powerful exile. We were there for 410 years. 80% of our people perished. Why is Egypt not counted? So this is a very well-known question. This is the question of the Arizal. The Arizal in Likute Torah, number 13, Parshas Vayetze. The Arizal asks this question, why is Mitzrayim not counted? And the Arizal says the following approach. The Arizal says that the four Golosim correspond to the four letters of Hashem's name, yud Vavke. But there is an element of Hashem's name that is in equal to, and I believe what he means encompassing, of the entire Shem Hashem, and that is the Kutzay Shal Yud. The thorn on the top of the Yud is the Iker, so to speak, of all four Isis. The four Golosim tried to be Machshech and darken the influence of the four letters of Hashem's name, and Mitzrayim corresponds to the Kutzay Shal Yud, and that's the meaning of the Pasuk, Vayakutsu Mepnei Bnei Yisrael. This Arizal is quoted by many Achroinim. The Chida is very busy with this Arizal. And the Bnei Saschar quotes it in many places. And they say this is the reason why in many of the Psukim, in the opening of Sefer Shemais, we find a remez to all four Dalet Golosim. For example, Ve'elet Shemais Yisrael Haba'im. Haba'im, the Chida says, the Hay represents five. What are they? The fifth is Mitzrayim, Beis is Bavel, Aleph is Edoim, Yud is Yavan, Mem is Madai. And V'chahina, V'chahina, the Bnei Yisachar, says that there are many Ramazim to the Dalad Golosim in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. I once heard from a very uh, prominent Rosh Hashiva who quoted a Chida, but it's not a Chida, it does not appear in the writings of the Chida. I asked, he said he heard it in the name of the Chida, and I found out where he heard it from. It came from um, the, the first Belzareva, who has a remez oya that the brothers and Yaakov Avinu descend to Mitzrayim four times. Each one of the four descents corresponds to one of the Dalad Golosim. That is why, if you in each one of the particular descents you find Ramazim to the Golas that it corresponds to. So for example, you have many Ramazim to Hanukkah in the Pesukim and Miketz, because that's the third descent which corresponds to Golas Yavan. And you have many Ramazim to Edoim in Vayechi, because that's the fourth descent. Okay, and it's a subject in and of itself. Why are the four Golasim alluded to in, in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? The answer is Mitzrayim was such a grandiose Golas. It was such a it was the fatherhead of all the Golosim. It, was the, it encompassed all four Dalai Golosim. In fact, the Chida quotes from a Kadmon, I believe the Torah Chaim. 
He says an uh, amazing thing. We're supposed to be in Mitzrayim 430 years. How many years were we actually there? 86 years. The Medrash says that from the, from the birth of Miriam, the Merirus began, and that was 86 years. That means we only did one-fifth of the time. How many years do we have to make up? 344. We have to make up 344 years. Says the Chida, quoting the Tars Chaim, who's a Kadmain, why do Chazal always refer to the Gzeros of the Umay Sa'ilam and Klai as Shnas Shmad? Shmad, who made up that word Shmad? Shmad doesn't mean anything. Shmad is numerically valued 344. Whatever, the, these are the 344 years we need to make up because we left 344 years early. So who has the Koyach to take us out 344 years early? Chida quotes the Kadmain. Moshe is Gematria 345. Hashem tells Moshe, V'zelcha ha'ois. Your name has the spiritual capacity to surpass the 344 and be us from the 344 years of Mitzrayim. Fine. So it seems like the reason why Mitzrayim is not on the list is because Mitzrayim is not a particular Gullus. It's not a prat of Gullus. It's koilel all four Gullusim. So it's not on the laundry list of Gullus. So perhaps we could offer the following idea. There's a tshuva in the Marshal. Marshal says that the night of the Seder, you should take the afikoimen, sling it over your shoulder, and say, Kach osu That's the, the Marshal. Many people still do this. You take the afikoimen, you sling it over your sh- shoulder, and you say, you know, So Rav Shlomo Kluger comes along, and he says, I never understood this Marshal. Just because when Kalyasa were leaving Mitzrayim, they slung the matzah over their shoulder, the, do we have to mimic and emulate every last thing Kalyasa did when they left Mitzrayim? They also had uh, donkeys. You know, you, you bring a donkey into your house, Lel Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Zechel Yitzhak Mitzrayim. I mean, most people don't do that. In the, in the Jewish heritage uh, Pesach program, they managed to find a hotel named after their organization. That's pretty impressive. But the donkeys, they still haven't got You know, I don't leave it uh, past them. But we don't have to do every last thing that they did when they left Mitzrayim. Says the Reb Shalom Kluger, this minhag of slinging the afikoyman over your shoulder is fulfilling a central, fundamental aspect of Zeichel Yitzchitzvayim. And that is as follows. Says the Reb Shalom Kluger, you know, we're very busy the night of the Seder. Remembering the freedom, remembering the cheros, remember the exodus. We're very busy remembering the bondage, remembering the bitterness. But says Rosh Hashanah why don't we do anything to remember how we got down to Mitzrayim in the first place? How do we get down to Mitzrayim? Everybody knows. The sale of Yosef. The sale of Yosef. By the way, you know, you start to say there with Karpas. And everyone's going to say their pshat and Karpas that they heard in, in when they were three years old. Whatever it is. Samach Perech. What about what the Rishonim say? Rabbeinu Manoyach on the Rambam says, Karpas is Mecher Pasim. To remember, Mecher Yosef. That is the definitive reason for Karpas mentioned in the Rishonim. Because how else could you start the Seder? The middle of the Seder, you're remembering the bitterness. The end of the Seder, you're remembering the freedom. But why don't we remember how we got down to Messiah in the first place? And that is Yosef was sold. You take the carbon Pesach in number nine. You sling it over, over your shoulder. 
Tayos. Not Fios. Tayos. What's Tayos? Says Rashi. Derech Soichrim Yishma'elam. Sling the car and pestle on your shoulder like Arabs. Says Rishon Kulgar, Meyamai, I never understood why the Gemara bothers to waste ink and explain that you should sling the car and pestle over your shoulder like Arabs. Why would we want to invoke Arabs the night of the Seder? Says Rishon Kulgar, because if you have to remember the freedom and you have to remember the bondage, then most importantly, you have to remember how we got down to Egypt. And how do we get to Egypt? Yosef was sold by Yishmaelim. So how are we going to remember the Yishmaelim who sold Yosef? So you take your afikoyman, you sling it over your shoulder, not like North Koreans, like Arabs. Because you have to remember how we got out, and you have to remember how bad it was, and you have to remember how you got there. Isn't it interesting that Golos Mitzrayim was precipitated by Yishmaelim? Isn't that of note? So let's mention a few things about Yishmael. We started a little bit late and we don't want to hold the oilam up. A few important ideas about Yishmael. Who is Yishmael? We don't know that much about him. We know his mother was Hagar. What biographical information does the Torah give about Hagar? The Torah only says two words about Hagar. She's Shifcha Mitzras. She's an Egyptian slave, a maidservant. Who's Hagar's father? Hagar's father is Paroi. How did Hagar ever end up marrying Abraham? Because Paroi said, better you should be a maidservant in the house of Abraham than to be a princess somewhere else. So Yishmael's mother was an Egyptian. His, his Zaydo was Paroi. What else do we know about Yishmael? We know that when it came time for Yishmael to get married, his mother went to Mitzrayim and took him an Egyptian wife. Ask Rashi, why an Egyptian wife? Says Rashi, Chazal say, you throw a stick up in the air, it comes back to its root. If you want to know what Yishmael is and his Shoiresh, Yishmael is a Mitzri. His mother was a Mitzri. His Zayda was a Mitzri. He's attracted to Mitzrayim. And then I realized, you know, there are only two people in Tanakh who are called Chamor. When Avram Avinu is going to the Akedah, he turns to Yishmael, he says, Shavu lachem el ha-chamor, chazal darshin yivamas am ha-doim el-chamor. Yishmael is called Chamor. What is Mitzrayim called? Mitzrayim, the Navi Yecheskel says, Asher besar chamorim besaram. Says Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac Chavah, from here we see Mitzrayim and Yishmael both have the same Shoiresh, Chamar, whatever that means. Says Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac Chavah, you know, every nation has a Sar in Shamayim. The Sar of Edoim is the Samachmem. Who's the Sar of Mitzrayim? Rahav. Who's the Sar of Yishmael? Rahav. What's going on? I thought the nations of the world, each one has their own Tsar. Not Yishmael and Adam. Not Yishmael and Mitzrayim. Yishmael and Mitzrayim are rooted in Shoiresh Chamar. They're rooted in Rahav. If you look at the very end of Chayisara, where does Yishmael live? Vayishkenu mechavila ad shur asher al pnei Mitzrayim. Yishmael is always going back 
to Mitzrayim. His mother's from Mitzrayim. His grandfather is a Mitzri. His wife is a Mitzris. He lives ad Mitzrayim. He has the same Sar as Mitzrayim. What else do we know about Yishmael? Chazal say that the Yishmaelim are the most lewd and promiscuous of all the nations of the world. Gemara tells us in Kedushin, ten measurements of Znus came down to the world, and Yishmael took nine out of ten. And by now they may have chapped the last one as well. And that's, anybody who knows uh, sociology, Yishmael, they're the most promiscuous of all the nations. What about Mitzrayim? The Eliyar Rabbah says, Ein uma shtufa ba'arayas uvezima k'mitzrayim. So which one is it? Is it Yishmael or is it Mitzrayim? There seems to be a very strong commonality between Mitzrayim and Yishmael. Says Reb Chaim Vital, there are five Golosim. There's Bavel, there's Paras, there's Madai, there's Edoim, and there will be a fifth, says Reb Chaim Vital, which is much worse and much more powerful and much more harmful than all the Golosim, and that is Golos Yishmael. Now, Reb Chaim Vital says the reason why Golos Yishmael is not counted on the list is because all the other Golosim were depicted in the Navi Daniel by Behemois, and Yishmael is not depicted as a Behema, Yishmael is Pere Adam. So there is somewhere in between a full Adam and a Behema, therefore Yishmael is not on the list. By the way, it comes out, according to this idea, that who envisioned the Dalet Malchias first? Who was the first Navi to envision the Dalet Malchias? Avram Avinu. Where? In the Brisbane Abbasarim. Immediately after the Brisbane Abbasarim, what does the Pasuk say? Avraham goes, he marries Hagar, and he produces Yishmael. What is the connection between the Dalet Golosim that Avraham Avinu saw in the Brisbane Abbasarim and the birth of Yishmael? And the answer is, Avraham saw the Dalet Golosim. But then Yishmael was brought to the world who was, so to speak, the worst of all. That's a very a seamless connection between the Brisbane Abbasarim and the birth of Yishmael. Is it possible to say that maybe the reason why Golos Yishmael is not listed by Chazal in any of the Midrashim is for the same reason Mitzrayim is not listed as one of the Golosim. Mitzrayim is not listed because Mitzrayim is koilel all Dalad Golosim. As Arizal said, the Dalad Golosim correspond to the four letters of Hashem's name. Mitzrayim is the Kutsoy Shalyad because Mitzrayim is koilel all the Golosim. But if what we're saying is correct, that Yishmael and Mitzrayim are the very same Golos, and they both have the Sar of Rahav, and they're both Luid promiscuous people, and they're both Nimshal Lecha Moirim, and Yishmael's mother was Hagar Mitzras, and Azadah was Parai. So Yishmael, so to speak, is just a repeat of Golos Mitzrayim. Then the same way Mitzrayim is not one of the Dal Golosim because it's Koilel all four and is the beginning of all four Golosim, then perhaps the way it started is the way it's going to end. In other words, the Navi tells us, that just like the Rebbe took us out of Mitzrayim, he's going to make miracles for us. So that means the, the Golos Ha'achroina is going to parallel the Golos Rishayna. And just like the Golos Rishayna, the Rebbe Hashem, Benisim and Aflois, 
redeemed us from Golos Mitzrayim, so to speak, part one, then Mitzrayim is the Masei Avos, Simen Labanim, to the final Golos, which is Golos Yishmael Mitzrayim. So watch this. The first Golos, Golos Mitzrayim, was precipitated by Yishmael. Yishmael sold us down to Golos Mitzrayim. And the final Golos, which is Yishmael Mitzrayim, that is the Hashem, all the miracles HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us through Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, will be the, that was the dress rehearsal for the miracles that Bezos Hashem we should see, then Her of Yamenu, and the Rebbe takes us out, according to what we're learning, is the final Golos, Golos Yishma, we should be Zoycha to see, then Her of Yamenu, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.